This podcast is brought to you by HealthCareInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within the healthcare industry. This is Howard Anderson, Managing Editor at HealthCareInfoSecurity.com, welcoming you to Editor's Choice for the top news and views in September. Among the major stories we covered this month was the announcement that one of the nation's largest healthcare systems is ramping up its information security efforts as it spends $1.3 billion over five years to implement comprehensive electronic health records and related technologies. In a move characterized by CIO Michael O'Rourke as long overdue, Catholic Health Initiatives has hired its first corporate chief information security officer. The new CISO, Cheryl Rose, spent more than 12 years at First Data Corp, a financial transactions processor, where she most recently served as Vice President of Global Security Operations and Disaster Recovery. Catholic Health Initiatives, which has 73 hospitals, 40 long-term care facilities, and more than 300 clinics in 18 states, also recently worked with a consultant to update its enterprise-wide risk assessment and create a five-year security plan which the new CISO will fine-tune and implement. To help defray some of the costs of the massive project, the organization will apply for extra reimbursement under the HITECH Act's Medicare and Medicaid EHR incentive program. The organization plans to spend more than $100 million of its clinical automation budget on security as it ramps up efforts to make information more accessible to physicians beyond the four walls of a particular hospital, O'Rourke says. In this month's featured blog, I point out that if you take a close look at the official federal tally of major healthcare information breaches, you'll find there's some good news and some bad news. First, the good news. There hasn't been a mega breach reported in a while, so the growth in the number of Americans affected by breaches has slowed down. The bad news. Despite plentiful news coverage about breaches, incidents involving the loss or theft of unencrypted computer devices, ranging from laptops and desktops to USB drives, remain the most common. While it's certainly good news that we haven't seen a breach affecting more than 100,000 added to the list in the past two months, it's definitely bad news that so many breaches stem from the loss or theft of unencrypted devices. For example, 19 of 28 recent cases added to the list involved such a theft or loss. Since federal regulators began compiling the list of breaches affecting 500 or more individuals, about 58% of cases have stemmed from the theft or loss of devices. It's worth noting that the interim final breach notification rule now in effect created a safe harbor that states breaches involving data encrypted to a specific standard don't have to be reported. So those nearly 100 breach incidents involving the loss or theft of devices wouldn't be on the list if only the data on the devices had been adequately protected. I'll be back after a short break to tell you about the rest of our monthly review. Are you responsible for your institution's regulatory compliance program? Do electronic medical records, patient privacy, or data breaches keep you up at night? Do you have any certifications which require continuing professional education credit hours? The solution to your problems may be the HealthCareInfoSecurity.com Educational Webinar Library. You'll find plenty of courses that align with your core responsibilities. Visit HealthCareInfoSecurity.com for more information on how to access these webinars. Welcome back. In this month's featured interview, one security officer says that although biometric technology often is sold in tandem with single sign-on systems, the pairing isn't always a good fit. 
In an interview, Gary Moon, security analyst at Saratoga Hospital, explains why his organization chose to implement fingerprint scanners without single sign-on. Moon outlines why the hospital concluded single sign-on would be too costly and complex to implement, chose to use fingerprint scanners rather than other technologies to ease user authentication and help comply with the HITECH Act, decided that two-factor authentication is unnecessary and impractical, and is considering using fingerprint scanners for authentication of physicians who remotely access systems. Here's a clip from that interview. Single sign-on is still shaking out. The market is still unsettled, and companies are changing their products rapidly. They're getting better, but there's still a lot of companies that are coming and going. And not only that, the single sign-on is, is a major undertaking in terms of management and expense. Be sure to check out healthcareinfosecurity.com for all the latest news, interviews, blogs, and more. This is Howard Anderson. Thanks so much for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by healthcareinfosecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.healthcareinfosecurity.com.